What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Road to Play Level Up, a proud member of the Road to Play Network. This week, I'm your host, Kent Blue. My pronouns are he, him, and uh, we are actually doing a Kickstarter spotlight over a collection of games from Steffi Devon and Liz Shapratical that's going to be launching. Actually, I think it will have launched by the time this drops, but I was lucky enough to have Steffi here with me to go over this Kickstarter and give you all the great details about all these great games that are going to be collecting it. So, uh, Steffi, welcome to Level Up. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Kent. Very exciting to be here. Uh, I'm Steffi Van. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm a game developer, designer, and writer. All right. Um, so uh, what what have, what have are just some of the games, maybe not related to this Kickstarter? Do you have any games that you put out that, that, that uh, or worked on that folks to be aware of? Um, yeah. So my, my recent work, uh, if you've recently like within the last couple of years, read anything about the Chronicles of Darkness or the World of Darkness, uh, odds are high that you've read something that I wrote or took part in. Uh, recently, I developed The Fall of London for Modiphius, and I was on uh, the Cults of the Blood Gods for um, Onyx Path Publishing, who, who just wrapped up their wildly successful Kickstarter for that amazing book. Um, I've been on uh, Cavaliers of Mars. That's one of my personal favorites, uh, Seventh Sea. I've uh, worked on uh, changing the Lost Second Edition, Harlem Unbound Second Edition. Um, a lot of really good, exciting books. Um, and um, and now Liz and I are publishing our own mini games. These are a little bit smaller than the books we usually write. All right, and and yeah, so the little games are you're actually collecting into a into a I guess um, I don't know a collection for Kickstarter's uh, Make One Hundred campaign that they do I believe every January. So what what made y'all decide that you wanted to collect all these games that you've been putting on paper or on Patreon into a physical version? Okay, so uh, so Liz and I met on I think it was a Changeling the Lost book. Um, we got talking about the book and at one point she goes like, your name is very Dutch. I'm like, yes, because I am Dutch. And she said, I'm also Dutch. Um, so it turned out that we were both in the Netherlands. Uh, we met and we became fast friends. And we both had this recurring problem that we had a lot of small games waiting to be written and some of them partially written. Um, um, but the thing about freelance life is that um you know you work a lot of hours and a lot of stuff you write for other people and and then these small games because they don't immediately pay the bills are usually left uh, by the side and at, at one point in 2018 we were like we should just start a patreon and just release all of these mini games do 12 of 12 of them in 12 months um so six for me and six for her because uh, we both had a couple of them half written, and we were like, if we wrap those up and write new ones, we can probably do 12 for 12 months. And boy, did we bite off a lot there. But it worked. We did 12 games, um, and we love them. And uh, the thing is that part of the Patreon is that we said that some of the backers uh, at the mermaid level, we have unconditional unicorns, Fabulous Fairies, and Magnificent Mermaids. And the mermaids could get a printed copy of a game of their choice annotated by us. So we were talking about that, and uh, Liz was looking into, because Liz has her own company, Angry Hamster Publishing. Uh, so she has a lot of contact with printers, 
And she was looking into options for printing um, a mini game of the patron's choice. And as she was looking into that, we started talking about what if instead of printing, um, you know, five copies of this game and four copies of this game, what if we just compile them into an anthology and print all of them together in a, in a big 200-page uh, book? Um, and then that kind of coincided with the Make 100. So here we are. That's what we're doing now. Okay, so I know part of the Make 100, I believe, is that you have to have like a hundred, just a backer level that's 100 of a specific thing. Uh, do you want to talk about like what y'all's hundred, I guess, your item of 100 is? Yeah, well, the item of 100 is uh, the book we're going to print. We're going to, we want to do 100 copies of it. Okay. So, so that's the basic idea. Um, I guess we should talk a bit about some of the games. I mean, we can we can definitely talk about all the games that are collected or just hit 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 a few of them, whatever you feel like hitting. But um, I guess just just to let people know what what games are in this and a little bit about about some of them. So the games they they run a very broad spectrum of games. Um, um, that's what you get if you allow two creative people to write six games each on any topic they want to. So we've got a coloring game that Liz did that I love. It's uh, Guardians of Aimsir. Uh, you play a unicorn protector of the magical realm of Aimsir. And how it works is you get a coloring sheet. You color it in. And then based on the colors, you get your unicorn powers. And then you get more coloring sheets. And as you develop the, the adventure, you color those in. And I kind of love it because I've never seen anything like it. And it's it's amazing to play for adults who love unicorns, which should be everyone. Um, but it's also something you can play with your kids. It's very relaxing to do with all the coloring. So I love how creative that is. Um, and then my cute game, uh, to call it cute, is Kitten Witches, where you play uh, a litter of kittens born to a witch's familiar. And you're magical kittens, but you're still kittens. So it's a little what you can do is a little haphazard. And the witch and her familiar go out of town and then the goblins abduct children. Um, this is, I'm, I'm a horror writer by trade. This is my level of cute. Um, or the, the tooth fairy uh, steals like teeth out of children's mouths. And because you're good kittens, you have to go fix this. Um, so that's my whimsical game but we've also got darker games in there uh, well you know we die here that's my uh, one-shot horror game that i specifically designed to be claustrophobic give everyone a nasty secret and the dice mechanics are not in your favor that's deliberate you know some some games you want players to succeed but in this game it's like once you start rolling the odds of things not going your way are pretty high because it's supposed to be, as the title implies, we die here. It's it's a pretty lethal game. And then Liz has a game called You and I at the End of the World, where um, the world has ended. You're a survivor and you, you get into touch with another survivor and you exchange letters or messages and together you craft the story of what happened to the world. Uh, who are you? Who am I? Can we trust each other? Should we meet? Um, so, so it, it's a wide range of 
kids of, of games that you could play with kids absolutely uh, to games that definitely delve into horrors of the world and mortality and and things like that yeah i know whenever you first mentioned the kickstarter was coming i i, I looked at the games on the patreon and noticed that the, i mean it was kind of a big wide variety of different types of games which i think is really great for an anthology a lot of i mean a lot of anthologies i've seen are kind of based around certain themes or stuff like that so so seeing this one that's going to be a big wide range of games that you can play with with different type of people different ages and everything that's that's really cool and interesting to me you get a lot of variety for for you know backing yeah and, and some of them are also specifically designed that you can play them um online if you wanted to because a lot of playing groups can't meet in public um and and you can play any game online if you want to you just need a dice roll somewhere um but uh, liz especially has these uh, journaling games where you write to each other and you can do that over distance as a matter of fact she has a game called uh where you also do that and uh, what we wanted to do we didn't get around to it because we didn't have time due to circumstances in that month uh, but we wanted to play the game between the two of us and then use physical snail mail in the Netherlands to send these beautiful handcrafted letters with pictures to each other. Um, so so a couple of these games are also specifically designed uh, that you can play them over distances with people, which I, I love because so many of us are doing that now. And I like it when a game specifically says, yeah, this this works for that. You can do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, with the podcast, that's that I, I very rarely play with people around a table in the same room. So games that are built, you know, for, I mean, like you said, you could play most any game online, but games that are kind of built with that in mind where you, you have the distance distance between you is really fascinating. And I mean, I think just great to have. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, I think the one, a cozy game where you have well, the Guardians of Aimseer and Keepers of Antara both use uh, one uses the carving thing and the other one uses a physical map that you draw in. So both of those do require people to be together. But ironically, the the most LARP type game where you would physically get together and have a relaxing evening is Camp Pleasant, uh, where you play summer camp counselors and one of you committed a murder, and you have to figure out which one. So, so that's that's my version of a relaxing game is figuring out which of you is a murderer. Well, when I was looking at the games, I mean, I already already know we die here from playing it on on Road to Play, uh, and just fell in love with it. And the next one that like jumped jumped up to grab my attention was Camp Pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, because I think I, I mean, I'm in horror really interests me and is is stories I like to tell, though I I don't do them very often in role playing games, but it's definitely something that that draws my attention so that one just you know the the cover artwork for it and then just reading a bit about it really really jumped out at me yeah the, the cover liz had a lot of fun with that she was like how campy can i make it i was like very campy it's my homage to these to these horror flicks like i i love um halloween and, and movies like that and then this one was actually ironically not immediately triggered by an 80s horror movie but by a, a more recent netflix series but it's very much my tribute to these campy 80s movies um so and yeah you can immediately see that if you look at the cover it's just like camp pleasant join now for maximum murder 
<laughs> what, what was the Netflix series that, that inspired that? It's inspired by season two of the Netflix series Slasher. It's the season called A Guilty Party, where indeed um, uh, it's about camp counselors who go back to their camp and then it turns out that they somebody committed a murder. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that. I think I've watched maybe a little bit of the first season. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced the series is terribly good, but it, <laughs> I, I did enjoy watching it. And it yeah. did make me go, oh, yeah, no, that that whole idea of, yeah, it, it's a very 80s idea, the, 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 the summer camp, and then there's a murderer, like any murderer. Um, and I, I loved those movies. Yeah. Are there any other games you want to touch on uh, that or, you know, talk about real quick or anything that are in it? Yeah, my, I love all of them. Um, the first we did, and um, one that will always probably be special to me was Return to Wonderland. Um, because I don't think I could write six games and not somehow have one of them be about Alice in Wonderland. It's just um, one of my favorite books, despite some misgivings about possibly the author. But um, but it's one of my favorite books. Um, it was the first that I wrote. Uh, and it's, it's always going to have a special place in my heart. Any other games that we haven't covered that you want to or... Uh, well, I can run all of them. I can go over them quickly. Let me see. Uh, Liz's first was Bloody Demon Slayers. It's uh, very on brand for Liz. Uh, anyone who knows Liz can tell you that. You play a demon slayer and you get your powers for menstruating. Um, so it's for uh, trans men, um, NBs with a womb, uh, cis women. Uh, well, no, the characters are people with wombs. The game is for everyone. And because Liz is very committed to, it's a natural thing. Roughly half of the population does menstruate. We should talk about that. So here's a game where you're Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you're dealing with your period. So that's very on brand for Liz. So uh, we've also got Keepers of Antara, which was actually previously published in a gaming anthology called Gauntlet if memory serves correctly, uh, but I tweaked it a bit for the Patreon. Um, it's a map creation game where you tell a story together and basically um, you win by telling, uh, well, the best story and whether that's the most entertaining or simply um, uh, the most gripping or, or the one that you know constantly gives other players a chance to shine, that's up to the group, uh, but it's a game about storytelling uh, and you went through storytelling. Haven AI is my cyberpunk post-apocalyptic game because uh, that, in addition to horror, cyberpunk and post-apocalyptic are also uh, some of my favorite genres. It's uh, a game about uh, the Earth has gone to hell, which, you know, topical. Um, and the rich have escaped, as they do, and the rest of us is stuck in a giant MMO, except it's not a game. It's just, it's the world now. You live here. You're a digital version of yourself. Um, but the code that runs the game is glitching. And um, oh, it's, that's, that one is actually very on brand for me. It's uh, anti-capitalistic. Uh, it's a little anarchistic. Um, and it's very 
we don't like rich people destroying the world and then making off. Let me see, did I get all of them? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I am gonna seriously shout out the Wicked Sisters because it's a tarot-based game. Uh, the conflict resolution is tarot-based. You play primordial sisters, you travel from one land to the other. So you get to the shore of one land and you need to get to the opposite shore. Uh, and the narrative and both the conflict resolution are fueled by tarot cards and the story that they tell. Um, Liz provided, Liz wrote this one and she provided a, a how to read tarot guide um, applying to the game. Um, I don't know if you could divine with it, but it, it works for the game, which I think is interesting and new. I, I don't see that often. Oh, wait, no, I forgot. No, Everlasting. So Everlasting is a game about uh, you're the immortal guardian of a family and the players create the city and the factions and some of the characters together. And then you, you basically backstab each other because you want your family to come out on top. Um, it's the most player antagonistic game that we have. Most of our games um, assume that the characters are largely, uh, not entirely, but this one is specifically catered to, you know, who is the last immortal standing. Um, it's, so so it's, it's much more conflict-driven specifically than the rest of our games. Um, and, and yeah, you play an immortal guardian and you try to build your family and guide them down the many millennia. Because if your family goes extinct, so do you. Wow, that sounds very, very interesting. Yeah. But that is genuinely, I think, the last of them. Yeah. Okay. Do you have like specific picture on the Kickstarter, um, like backer levels and stuff like that, or anything you want to talk about at this point? So uh, for the Kickstarter, we, we're probably going to set a very modest goal because we don't need to write anything new. The games are done. We just want to publish them. Um, if we, if we, uh, we're probably going to do stretch goal for original cover art because right now we have twelve games with very different covers. And we've been really struggling to extrapolate how would that look if if we do one cover for them. So if we if we make some stretch goals, we're gonna do original cover art for the game. Um, but that is maybe if we make uh, if 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 the Kickstarter just explodes, we might write a thirteenth game. And this is gonna kill me before suggesting that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we are probably not gonna include too many maybe we'll do an editor but we want to we want to keep it simple because right. um, our objective is we want to print these games and we don't need to tack on anything new um, so the kickstarter is going to be for a pretty modest amount um, and well we hope we we hope we make it it's going to run uh, not for the full 30 days we're going to do 20 days because it's a short amount um, because we feel like it should be able to fund in 20 days. Right. Well, I, I mean, I like, I like Kickstarters that are pretty straightforward, not a whole lot of stretch goes and everything, especially for when it's like collecting stuff that's already out there. I think that's, you know, that's good that, that, that have that goal of, you know, not getting in a position where you're adding a bunch of stuff that, you know, maybe you didn't intend to at the beginning. And Yeah, exactly. We, we, we want to get it to the backers quickly. So, so we, we might, do the cover art if we can make it. Um, that would be amazing to have a, an original cover for it. 
Um, but other than that, we'll probably tread lightly on stretch goals. We're just going to focus on we want to release this book. We want to release it pretty quickly. We want to get it into the backers' hands physically and ours. Right. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to hit about the Kickstarter or anything related to it uh, as we're wrapping up here? Um, no, not really. I, I hope people will back us. Um, if you can't back us, which is also valid because bills need paying and life can be less than accommodating. We would love it if people can just share us on social media. That also helps a ton. Um, so um, back us if you can, get the word out if you can. And um, and hopefully we're going to make this a very successful Kickstarter. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I, I've read a few of the games and, and played We Die here. Uh, and I think they're what I've seen in red are very all very good. So I think that definitely... Definitely should be able to hit that goal pretty easily, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Liz and I both, because uh, I mentioned some of the books that I work on, but Liz has also been on books like Seventh uh, Sea, and um, and uh, well, she has her own company, of course. So we both have a very good track record in the industry. Like we do good work, we write good games, and these are ours. Like this is unadulterated us. This is, these are ours and they're good. They are really good. So I hope we, I hope that that makes it. Yeah. Where can people find you uh, and more information online about, about these games, the Patreon or Twitter or anything like that. So they can just stay up to date on the Kickstarter. I mean, I know road to play uh, our network will be definitely tweeting out when it goes live and, and, you know, reminding people that it's out there, but, but where can they hear from you and, and possibly Liz about it and just find out more information about both of you. So uh, if you go to Twitter, then Liz is at angry hamster RPG. That's all one word, angry hamster RPG. And I am a hundred things I love. And 100 is the number, so 100, things I love, all one word. Um, that's, uh, that's, our, that's our Twitters. And uh, you can find us on Patreon on Liz and Steffi. That's also one word, Liz and Steffi. Um, oh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly plug the Patreon for 2020. Um, so we're currently doing the Kickstarter. Uh, the Patreon is on hold currently. Uh, but after that, we are continuing the Patreon in 2020. Um, so people should head over to patreon.com, Liz and Steffi, and uh, subscribe. You don't have to back us at this point, but just subscribe so that you get our updates so that when we have narrowed down our plan for 2020, because we're discussing several really cool options, um, but we are postponing a decision until the Kickstarter is over. Um, but if you subscribe to us, then you will be you will be getting updates on that, and you will be we will let you know what we're going to do in 2020, and you can be part of that because it will be awesome. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up here. Uh, I encourage everybody, whenever which I believe the Kickstarter will be live uh, whenever this goes out. That should be live for a couple days. Um, but I encourage everybody to go out, visit the page, and back it if you can. And if you can't, definitely share it with your friends and, and share it on social media. Just help spread the word as much as possible. Steffi, thank you so much for taking time out and coming on and, and talking about this today with me. Yeah, thank you for having me.